Hey from California, everybody. I just shared on notes here on Substack a video, a clip from a podcast with Walter Kern, and he was explaining what his thoughts were very articulately and just crystal clear, what his thoughts were on what began to happen in the music business and in 2020, and not that anybody asked, but that's why I haven't co-written a song ever since because I started to feel this dense, irrational, emotional, impossible division start to drift down onto all these people whose priority had been music, which is soul. It's soul. And to me, music is, it's so spiritual and it's from God and it comes through whatever body you happen to land in. Like why, why can I just go, Honestly, I have no idea. I have no idea. <sighs> I don't. <laughs> I just suddenly felt like I could, I had something in me that was like strings. It was just strings and I could pluck them and they made sound. Oh, music, thank you for showing me how to be. Why can I do that? I don't know. It's just something that's God given. And so all of a sudden I was required to evaluate the body that somebody landed in instead of the song of that soul. No, I'm not doing that. I just, I just couldn't. <sighs> Music has been like a hike. I just on a hike. Occasionally you get to a clearing and there's a bunch of people there. And so all the songs that you've been writing on the hike, you play it for them, play the songs for them, and then you just keep going. And all of a sudden the path led to a thicket, thorny, no path, nothing, couldn't get in. Just that's it. Found another path. And I started volunteering for people who wanted informed consent. They didn't want to give just consent to a medical experiment. They wanted to give informed consent. And within the music business, all these people were no longer, as they had historically, standing up to the government or standing in patriotic dissent of corporate conglomerates no, suddenly they were just doing their bidding. They were volunteering for, for billionaires and making me a bad person if I didn't join them. No, I'm not doing that. Mm -mm, I can't do that. I sat in recording studios in Chicago and LA, not so much in Nashville, but I passed plates, little tinfoil plates of powdered drugs that I didn't want in my body. I did that. I taught my kids how to be a square. Because I've done it in high-pressure situations, I made myself known as a square. 
They knew I did yoga and that I was sensitive. And I felt that it was the same thing. It was like, I don't want to work with someone who's pushing me to do a hard drug when I was in my 20s. So I didn't. And the same thing happened after 2020. I didn't want to work with someone who was pushing me to put something in my body that I didn't want in my body. And I didn't care. And I could see it. And a lot of people can and have all along. And they're haggard. And they're changed. It's like they've flown to another country without knowing the language. And then they learned the language. And they learned about all this stuff that happens to our human family. And now they've flown back. And, and there's a bunch of people that are going, what's the big deal? What's the problem? Why, why is this such a big deal? We had a shutdown and then there was like a shot and like you just, you didn't get it. And what's a big deal? Well, it is a big deal. It is a big deal. Because in, in those years, before people were asking for amnesty, a lot of people went through a lot of stuff, and many of them alone and isolated. Many of them are still going through it. I feel incredibly blessed to still have relationships I felt I might lose, including my marriage. That changes a person. And so we're all different. It, it's different. And it's important to say why we disappeared from a particular vocation that required something of us that we couldn't grant. I found myself working harder on the principles I've been teaching and coaching about and podcasting about. And sure enough, everybody who found me wanted a partner who was also seeking informed consent, not just consent to an experiment. So I find myself in completely different territory now. And I'm writing a book about the principles that I teach because I have stood on them in my own marriage now in a way that has caused me to view them as bulletproof. Now I cannot wait to get this information to more people because I've proven, I've proven the principles with my own life and my own marriage. And I'm so grateful for that. And that happened because the same girl who passed the little tinfoil plate of powdery hard drugs and held her breath because I was afraid I'd sneeze and ruin it for everybody, you know, blow them all over the room and get in trouble. That same girl did the same thing as a woman in 2020 and got removed from YouTube for it and got countless mean, mean DMs, mean emails from people I love. And someone who didn't really stand up to any of it or didn't really see the problem and granted consent, whether it was informed or not. Someone might ask me like, well, I mean, if they were real friendships, don't you think they would have lasted? No, no. And those of us who, 
who faced the pressure and persecution, really, just for wanting to listen to our own instincts and intuition. We know, we, we, we go, yeah, no, this was different. This was different. And so I have this theory on what all of that was in 2020 and what, what happened and how it all happened. And it's something I've been teaching since like 2016 to women because I teach a path of dating to marry that's really a recovery path for women who haven't been having success and they need to examine their own character traits and, and their own attitudes and behaviors and they need to examine their language and their background. And so it's like a path of recovery that involves dating. And on that path of recovery or any path of recovery, there's often a voice and I think it's the voice of the devil and it says, this is the time. This, this is the thing though. This is the hill where you, you actually can take your will back and do this. This is the thing. I call it, this is the thing. Now, for example, what I'm talking about with coaching a woman who's dating to marry, she'll say, um, no, I'm pretty sure this is the time that it would like be really good to just call him and thank him for the date. Oh, but I thought we agreed that the principles are a receptive feminine follower is just going to allow, allow God's will to happen. Just see what he does. I, I thought we agreed that, right? And she's like, oh yeah, but I, I, this, is, this, is, this is the thing though. I, I just kind of think that this is the time that it might be a good idea. I think this is the exception. That's the devil's favorite word. This is the exception. Or maybe another gal I'm working with, she's like, well, he's married, but I don't think it's working out. I think they're probably not going to stay together. This is the exception. But wait, your principles are you don't date married men, right? And he's uh, currently married. Yeah, but I think this is the exception. Okay, so that's how it works in my teaching practice. But it was the same thing in 2020. A bunch of really destructive concepts that have destroyed the human family suddenly became valid. It was no longer enough to just live knowing how important it is to put yourself in someone else's shoes. It was suddenly that you could, you could, you had to put yourself in the shoes of one type of person only. And that continues. This is the exception. This is the thing. You're a free artist. You stand for truth. You write songs about truth. But this is the thing. This is new. It's a new scary illness. And so this is the time that I have to reject my longtime coworker, not right with her because this is, this is a new paradigm now. This is a, this is the thing. This is the time that, that I actually do have to stand for a corporation 
This is the exception. And if you don't really completely get the whole story, then maybe you need to ask someone who was forbidden to see their grandchild, someone who lost their job because they weren't allowed at work unless they offered consent and not informed consent. Maybe you need to talk to somebody who didn't get to enter a restaurant without producing papers and proof of private information about their body. Because the people going, well, what's the big deal right now? Like, isn't this kind of like over? They didn't really feel it because they offered consent and that was enough for them. Okay, you had every right to that. The people who just kept on with their sponsorships, their corporate sponsorships and kept working and podcasting or writing songs or whatever. And they're like, what's the problem? I've just continued my job as an influencer. What's the big deal? Well, ask somebody who chose not to participate in officialdom. I personally would not have been able to sleep at night if I knew what I knew and I continued to participate in sponsorships from corporations who were advancing that official narrative and forcing consent without informed consent. I wouldn't have been able to sleep at night and I actually don't relate anymore to anyone who does after having remained silent, even if they knew. Now, a lot of people just didn't know and still don't, but we're in a tipping point right now. And it's really important to speak up about where you've been. And I'm not talking about self-pity or, or feeling like a victim of rejection. No way. I'm talking rejection is protection. I wouldn't trade the last three years of my life for anything. And they were the hardest years of my life. And I wouldn't trade them for anything. Because the gains, the gains, rejection is protection. Man's rejection is God's protection. And if you feel this, if you are with me, and if you feel protected and aware and grateful, speak up. Speak up. Start podcasting on Substack. It's really easy and fun. <laughs> and if you offered consent, whether you were informed or not, didn't really see the big deal, still don't, and you know someone who declined consent to an experiment, call them. Call them up. Call them up and just ask them what it was like. 
And I think if one person makes a phone call today because of this podcast, I'll have done something good. Let's all start talking to each other again. Want to? That'd be nice. I I will say for one, I'm real, real scared (laughs) of calling someone myself, but I would accept a phone call. I've gone way outside of my uh, comfort zone in terms of communicating with people who didn't take the path that I took. And, uh, and I've done that because the stakes were so high. They're the people I love the most who are most important to me. And I've been successful. I've, these are people I love more than I did before. So, um, I am attending, you know, (laughs) I'm, I'm taking my own advice here. I have taken my own advice but can I go through the Rolodex and just call people? No, not, especially not the ones who sent me like really mean emails. I can't, I just can't do it, but I would accept a phone call from any of them. I would. It's time to heal everybody over and out for now.